When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed When you are discouraged thinking all is lost Count your many blessings, name them one by one And it will surprise you what the Lord hath done Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your blessings, see what God hath done your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. See a bit the conflict, whether great or small. Do not be discouraged, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath Good morning. Thank you, Curtis and Ann. You all will continue to sing with us. Oh, 
Father, you are worthy, and that's why we gather today. And Lord, whether it's we have to gather in our living rooms, God, apart from the body of Christ, or whether we gather, Lord, in the same place or in a different country, God, wherever we are this morning, your people spread out all across the world are declaring that you are worthy, that you are worthy. And Spirit of God, we know that that you're within us in our text this morning, that we're going we're gonna to see that the, the God of peace is with us. So, Lord, right where we are, you are there. Spirit of God, we invite you. We invite you to come. We invite you to move in a powerful way. Lord, we ask that you would transform hearts and minds. We ask that you would speak today. We ask that the Spirit of God would, would save, that we would hear, Lord, of people turning, of giving their life to Jesus Christ, crying out to him. Oh, God, you are worthy. You are worthy, and we want you to be honored today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, and welcome to Northside Baptist Church. This is now week six that we have been worshiping like this. Uh, Several of you have said to me, well, Pastor, I'll see you tomorrow, but you won't see me. I'm kind of getting tired of that. You're probably getting tired of seeing me like this. I'm sorry I'm not more to look at than what you get to see, but... Man, I look forward to that day that we can gather together in the sanctuary and and worship again. But I'm so thankful uh, that we have the means by which we can at least do this. Uh, So thankful this morning uh, for Mr. Tripp. Uh, When he got here, uh, the internet was not working. Uh, He's worked tirelessly to, to try to patch that. So hopefully you won't have any issues this morning with the live stream. But if you were to lose it, if something were to go crazy with the internet. We are recording this, um, and so we can post it later. We will post it later if you have any issues, so please don't get frustrated. Uh, We're just trusting the Lord is going to continue to work uh, that out. Again, welcome. If you're tuning in for the first time, we're we're thankful that you're doing that. Uh, We pray that the Lord will speak to you this morning, that he has a word for you. Uh, There's a number that will appear on the screen throughout the service Uh, If the Lord has spoken to your heart, if you made a decision to follow him or to rededicate your life, or if you would like prayer, uh, you can text that message to that phone number, and we'll be sure to to pray for you, to reach out to you any way that we can. Today, uh, this last Sunday in April, is Cooperative Program Sunday. And you might be thinking, what in the world is the Cooperative Program? Well, the Cooperative Program is the plan that Southern Baptists use and how we can be unified to work together and do missions together as Southern Baptist churches all across the planet. And so let me, let me tell you how the, the cooperative program works, and then I have a video uh, that you'll watch as well. The cooperative program begins with you. It begins with you and your willingness to give to support the work and the ministry uh, that God is doing. And so you give to, to Northside Baptist Church, and then as a church, as Northside Baptist Church, we give a percentage of the offerings that we receive. Uh, in our case, our church, that's 7%. That's about $25,000 a year. We send that money to the Georgia Baptist Convention. Uh, 60% of the money that we send Georgia Baptist stays in the state of Georgia to do missions and work here in Georgia. 40% of what we give to the Georgia Baptist uh, Convention goes to the Southern Baptist Convention for North American missions, international missions, and other ministries. 
And I just want you to be in prayer for Southern Baptist and our entities. Obviously, everyone, I think, on the planet is being impacted in some way through the coronavirus. Our Southern Baptist entities are, are not excluded from that, specifically our seminaries. I know the seminary where I graduated from, Southern Seminary, just had to completely overhaul their budget due to the shortfalls that they expect with tuition and other things that are going on. And so we want to be in prayer that God will continue to work in a great and mighty ways among us as Southern Baptist, even in this time that we can work together to ensure that people hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So check out this video. The word together means more today. In these moments of isolation and fear and turmoil, together means more. As Southern Baptists, we are churches dispersed across the country, varying sizes and locations and cultures. And we share our generosity in good times and bad, through wars and depressions, through terrorism and disasters, we serve side by side. We give for a common goal. We sacrifice together for the only mission that truly matters, the Great Commission. We are drawn not by the events of the day, but by the events of our shared King. His gospel story changed our own story and promises to change the story of the world. And so we pray, we give, we go. And although today we are physically together we stand. We didn't ask for this moment. We didn't seek it. But in this moment, we choose to come together because the Great Commission cannot be thwarted. Disease and pestilence will not stop him. Economics and markets have no control over him. Fear and anxiety doesn't affect him. Distance cannot hold him. Death did not defeat him. God's plan cannot be stopped. It will not. And his plan is for us to join him. These times are challenging. They feel isolated. They put the true value of the cooperative program on full display. We are better together. And together we bring the good news for the whole world.
every other name. Jesus, the only one who can ever save. So worthy of every breath we can ever breathe, we live for you.
river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got love like a river. I've got love like a river. I've got love like a river in my soul. I've got love like a river. I've got love like a river. I've got love like a river in my soul. I've got joy like a river. I've got joy like a river. I've got joy like a river in my soul. I've got joy like a river. I've got joy like a river. I've got joy like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Philippians chapter 4? Philippians chapter 4, while you're turning there, just a, a special thank you to Curtis and Ann uh, for doing those videos the last several weeks. Uh, really, really appreciate that. And so I want you to know they're doing well, and they are really, really looking forward to being back here worshiping with us and worshiping with you uh, as well. Also, a special thanks to Brian for putting the words uh, with those videos. Hopefully that made it easier uh, for you to sing along uh, with them at home. So we are in Philippians chapter 4. Our focus this morning is going to be verses 8 through 9, uh, but I want to start in verse 4, just in case you weren't with us last week to kind of see the flow of this. Philippians 4, beginning in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable... If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Many of you know the story of Corey Ten Boom. In World War II, she and her family risked their own lives, their own safety, to help Jews and underground workers escape from the Nazis. 
you can read of her story in The Hiding Place. If you have never read that, I encourage you to read that, The Hiding Place. Corey and her family, because of their efforts to help the Jews and others, were sent to the Nazi concentration camps. The only one to survive of her family was Corey. And God would use her life as a powerful witness to his love and mercy. One of my favorite Corey Ten Boom quotes, and you may be familiar with this, says, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you'll be at rest. Paul tells us that as Christians, you and I, we saw this last week, are to be filled with joy. Right? We are to be reasonable or gracious. We are not to worry about anything. That We are to be filled with the peace of God. Right? This should be true of us as believers in Christ. But the question, and I, I posed this last week, is this. Why do these things seem to be fleeting for us? Look, we understand why unbelievers, why, why lost people won't have these things, but why are there so many Christians, so many followers of Jesus, so many who have given their life to Jesus, why do we lack these things, joy and peace? Why are we anxious and worried and afraid of so many things? I think the answer to that question is simply found in verse 8. And I think Corey Ten Boom realized its power. Just as I said last week, there were three exhortations in our verses. This morning, there are two exhortations. I want to spend a significant amount of time on the first one. The first exhortation that we see here is simply this. Think about these things. Think about these things. Why are the things in verses 4 through 7 so fleeting for us? Because the reality is our minds are often focused on the wrong things, right? We're looking at the world around us or we're looking within us. Instead, our minds should be set on, focused on, and meditating upon the things in verse 8. But instead, we so often let the things of the world consume us. So let me start this morning by looking at the last part of verse 8. It's that phrase, think about these things. As Christians, we must think about the right things in the right way. Paul is calling us to think. This Greek word for think is logizomai. Logizomai. It appears in the present tense, meaning it's a present active state of thinking. It's an imperative, meaning this is a command. He is commanding you, exhorting you to think upon these things, and it is a verb, it is an action, you are to think. This word, logizomai, means to think about, to ponder. Church, we are to be a people, Christians, who think. Alistair Begg writes, a Christian mind is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. You and I need to learn to be a people who filter everything we see and hear through the Word of God. Everything is filtered through the Word of God. We have a biblical Christian world view. We are to be a people who think about the right things in the right way. So let me just give you an example as to what this doesn't mean and I think what this looks like. And let me just, let me just use music. For example, we could use any, any avenue or any means, but let's think about music. 
When it talks about thinking about the right things, does that mean that the only kind of music that you should listen to is Christian music? Look, I believe that, that we should begin there. Right? We should begin with, with praise and worship. We should begin with Southern Gospel, uh, bluegrass, Christian bluegrass, or, or hymns, those kinds of things. We should be filling our minds with those things. It's a great place to start. But does that mean that all other music is of the devil and cannot be listened to and even enjoyed? I don't think so. What it does mean, though, is everything we listen to We must think about what we're listening to. We must run it through a biblical world view. You've heard the saying, garbage in, garbage out. So as we begin to think about what we're taking into our life, using music as an example, we will realize that there is some music that we simply will not listen to. We will not bring it into our minds because maybe it's vulgar or trashy or disrespectful of certain people, or maybe it's even anti-God. And so, yes, there is some music that I would recommend we do not listen to. It has no benefit whatsoever to our life. But there is other music, which is fun, well-written, it's well-sung, right? Our biblical worldview recognizes that music is a good gift from our generous, gracious Father. We, from a biblical worldview perspective, understand that God is the the one who gives everyone these gifts, which means there are talented musicians out there, gifted by God, writers and musicians, right? And they're, they're releasing this music, some which we will not listen to, others which may not be Christian, But there's nothing really in the lyrics that are trashy or anti-God or vulgar. And we just recognize, hey, we can enjoy this. But again, everything has to be filtered through a biblical world view. We want to think about the right things in the right way. So here's my question for you. With what do you fill your mind? What consumes your thoughts. Be honest with yourself. What are you bringing into your mind and into your heart? And my prayer is that you will use this extra time that you have on your hands. That time that you may have spent uh, at the store, the time you may have spent watching sports, that extra time that you have I pray that you will begin to examine your life and ask, what are you allowing your eyes to see? What are you allowing to enter into your mind? What TV shows do you watch? Not all of them are inappropriate or immoral, but there may be some TV shows that as you begin to think about this biblically, as you begin to think about how they're influencing you, that you may say, they got to go. What kind of books are you reading? What kind of music are you listening to? Examine your conversations. What people are you allowing to speak into your life? Whose voices are you listening to? What movies do you watch? What magazines do you read? If you still read magazines, what magazines do you read? What Facebook post do you spend the most amount of time reading? 
What news channels are you watching? I spent, just going to be honest with you here, I spent the first two weeks of this pandemic glued to the TV. Every press conference they had, man, I was watching it. Everybody, every talking head, I was trying to watch and hear what they had to say. And I realized that I was letting that consume me and my thoughts. And so I cut it off. I got rid of it. To the point now that I may spend 15 or 20 minutes a day just trying to quickly peruse an article, catching a clip here or there, because I don't want a certain media, segment of the media, media to dictate what I think about what's going on. I want the Word of God to form my thoughts. So who are you listening to? What are you setting your mind on? Look what he says here. He mentioned several, several things. I'm going to put each one up on the screen. If you can't get all the notes written down, so I'm going to have to go through them kind of quickly. We can put these notes on, on the website later and you can ask, access them. So here's what he says. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, right? Think about these things. Think about that which is true. That which is true as to fact. In other words, you are to focus on that which is true, not the lies, not the, the false teachings or that which is contrary to the word of God, we know that God is true. We know his word is true. So set your minds on what is true. Hear me. Not as they might be, not as they could be, not what they should have been or what they might have been. No, focus on what you know to be true. If you want to be transformed, then you've got to start with the word of God. So I want you to be honest. How much other stuff are you bringing in? How much of the Word of God are you bringing in through preaching, teaching, reading, hearing Christian music, reading Christian literature? How much of this are you bringing into your heart and your mind? Focus on what is true. He also says focus on what is honorable, what is appropriate, what is worthy of respect. Don't fill your minds with trash. Don't fill your minds with garbage. Fill your minds with those things that are honorable. He says, think about that which is just, that which is proper, that which is righteous. Think about those things that are just. He says, think about that which is pure, that which is without deflect, with defect, without blemish. Think about that which is pure. Let the pure things of the world enter into your heart and your mind. He says, think about that which is lovely, that which is pleasing. One author said, that which is beautiful to the Lord. Begin to fill your mind with those things that you know that are beautiful to the Lord. Fill your mind with those things that are commendable, that which is worthy of praise, worthy of approval. Focus on that, Paul says, if there is any excellence. I think he's just beginning to kind of summarize this because he could keep listing things. If there is any excellence, that which is morally excellent, that which has outstanding goodness, focus on those things. And then he mentions one other thing, that which is worthy of praise, that which is worthy, that which deserves our praise. Here's what I want you to see. 
If you think about those things that Paul has listed here for us in Philippians 4, you know where that will lead you? It'll lead you to Jesus Christ every single time. Every time. Jesus never lied. Jesus never did anything false. Jesus never did anything that was dishonorable or impure or unjust or unlovely. In fact, his enemies had to hire false witnesses to create false lies about Jesus, trumped up charges just to crucify him. They couldn't find anything legitimate in his life. So when we begin to think about these things in Philippians 8, it will lead, Philippians 4, it will lead us to Jesus. The reality is our minds and hearts should be fixed on God and His revealed truth to us in the Word. But instead, where do we go? Our minds go to the things of the world. We spend our lives chasing after and trying to secure stuff. People. Every single one of us, we've played this game. Maybe you're playing this game now. What drives you is the approval of people. If so-and-so would just love me or accept me, or, or what does so-and-so think of me? Or we, we spend our lives chasing after power. We, we want to feel like we matter, we're significant, we have power, and people recognize that. Or we chase after position. We want that next raise, that next level of elevation, that, 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 the, to keep moving up that ladder, if you will. We want people to recognize who we are. Popularity. Possessions. We consume our thoughts with how can I maintain control and keep all of this stuff secure instead of consuming our minds with how do I give Jesus all control? How do I let Him rule and reign over my life? We are consumed with the worldly, with the earthly, with the temporary, with stuff. But this pursuit is futile. And it is insanity. Why? We'll answer that question in just a moment. But the first exhortation we see here has to deal with thinking about these things. What are you filling your mind with? But then he gives a second exhortation, and that is this. Practice these things. Verse 9. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. Practice these things. After Paul exhorts them to think about these things, he then exhorts them to practice them, to put them into action. The Greek word for practice is prazo. Again, it appears in the present. You are to actively be practicing doing these things. It is an imperative. It is a command. It is not optional. It is a verb. Right? We are to be doing these things. This Greek word means to do, to carry out, to practice. Notice what Paul's saying here. Paul says, what you have learned and received and heard in me. Paul is saying, look, I taught you. And then he says, but what you have also seen in me. Paul had not only taught them, he had shown them. Paul lived out this life for them. Paul understood, and we'll talk about this next week, through his serious amounts of suffering, he learned what it was to rejoice in Jesus, to not be anxious, to not be worried, to not be afraid, but to have the peace of God in his life. He learned those things, and as he learned them, he began to live them out. Here's an important truth. Thinking right leads to living right. 
Thinking right leads to living right. If you want to live differently, then you need to start thinking differently. And I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. I'm not just saying just sit there and and start thinking better things, wishing for better things to happen, and it's all going to be hunky-dory. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, though, is you need to think about the right things. What what does Paul say in in Romans chapter 12, verse 2? He says, we are to be transformed, changed by the what? The renewing of our minds. If you want to be transformed, if you want to begin to live differently, if you want to begin to live the way God designs and intends for you to live, then it starts with taking His Word and putting it within your minds and your hearts. Until we begin to do that, nothing else will change in our life. And it's the Spirit of God who takes the Word of God and magnifies it and and helps illuminate it so that we can begin to understand it. So not only think about these things, but begin to live out the Word of God. And as we begin to think about these things, and as we begin to practice these things, notice what he says here in the last part of verse 9. This is good stuff. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Notice this, verse 7. He says, we'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. But he says before that, what? The peace of God. The peace of God, verse 7. And then he says, verse 9, the God of peace. It's almost as if Paul's got this sandwich. Right? You got your two pieces of bread. You got the peace of God. You got the God of peace. And in the midst of that is the meat. If we want to know the peace of God and we want to know the God of peace, then we've got to do what he's saying here in verse 8 and 9. Think upon these things and practice these things. Oh, church, hear the good news of this. Not only does God give peace, which is amazing, but verse 9 says he is peace and he is with us. I mean, I love that. He gives peace and he is peace and he is with us. Oh, church, hear me. To know the peace of God... We must know the God of peace. To know the peace of God, we must know the God of peace. God is available to you right now, right where you are. He's available. And as a Christian, He is with you. Right? You know Him. You have given your life to Him. You have trusted in Him. Whenever that was, however that took place, you believed in Him. You staked your life upon Him. You said, you are Lord and Savior, and I'm giving my life to you. Therefore, you should know His peace because you know Him. But I want to talk for a couple minutes to those of you who maybe are watching and you don't know Jesus Christ. You're not, you're not really sure about this, this God thing. Or maybe you gave your life to Jesus a long time ago, but you've kind of walked away from Him. You begin to live for the things of the world. right? To those of you who have rejected Jesus Christ, you will never know peace because Jesus is the Prince of Peace and you don't know Jesus. So this morning, I want to challenge you to come to the Almighty God. Come to the Creator of the universe. Come to the one who not only formed you, but who sustains you at this very moment. Come to the one who is peace. Come to the one who gives peace. Come to the one who made peace possible through the work of His Son on the cross. Come to the one who will endure forever 
who will reign forever and who offers eternal life right now to you. Come and believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. You have spent your life pursuing the worldly, living for the earthly, living for the temporal. And it's all in vain. Your pursuit is futile. It is insanity. Why? Listen, because you are going to die. That's the reality. One out of one dies. Death is the great equalizer. Deep down, you know it. Deep down, you fear it. Deep down, you fear losing it all. And as long as we continue to live for the things of this world, we will never truly know the peace that God offers. Apart from Jesus Christ, you are enslaved to the things of this world. You cannot set yourself free. Only Jesus can set you free from those things. And I don't know what God's ultimately going to do in the midst of this COVID-19. But I pray one thing He's doing is He's getting our attention. And He is showing each of us how much we have become dependent, myself included, upon the worldly, temporal things. See, here's the reality this morning. Everyone, at some point, will lose everything. Everyone, at some point, will lose everything. Mike Cosper writes, that thing we grasp for, that thing we deluded ourselves into believing holds the key to making us ultimately and spectacularly happy. It cannot be held on to, and it will ultimately eat you alive. Look, let me just be brutally honest with you this morning. Everything in your life that is of this world, that you hold precious in your life, at some point, it's going to be gone. You will lose everything. Look around right at this moment. Just take a second. I know this is morbid, and you're probably thinking, wow, Pastor, thanks for the encouragement right now. Look around. Everything that you see, your house, the job, the money that enables you to buy that, your family, your health, everything, at some point, you'll lose it all. No wonder we're scared. No wonder we're anxious. No wonder we're often joyless because we're clinging on to things that we know will pass away. Maybe you're thinking, wow, thanks, Pastor. Appreciate that. I'll, I'll be sure not to tune in next week. But man, I just want you to see the reality. It's what the Scripture says. It is appointed unto man to die once. You will die and after that comes the judgment. Each and every single one of us, we will stand before this holy, righteous God. What are we going to have to offer Him? What, 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 are we, what are we done in this life to say, here, is it all going to be material possessions? Wow, God, I spent my life pursuing these earthly, temporal things. This is what consumed me. This is what was driving my entire life. Is that what we're going to offer our Lord? You and I need to face the reality of death. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, but you don't have anything to look forward to, this is as good as your life will ever be. This is as good as eternity is going to get for you right here, right now. But thankfully, that's not the end of the story for us. 
Because we don't end just with death. For those of us in Christ, right, we know the hope of the resurrection. Therefore, we don't fix our minds on the earthly, worldly things. We fix them on the hope of the gospel. Let me recommend, let me recommend a book to you. It's called Remember Death. Remember Death. It's by Matthew McCullough. If you're struggling with death, if you're struggling with, with how do you view death and how do you view life in light of death and you don't really know how to think about death, man, I recommend that book. And I love what he says. He says, on our own, no matter what we make of ourselves, death always writes the epitaph, dispensable. But when your life is hidden with Christ, when your name is graven not on a headstone that will crumble or even a building that will be replaced, but on his hands, then God the justifier looks on you and he says, worthy, not an inch short of my glory. Facing death with honesty, you have to ask, what is the value of my life if it ends like this? Joined with Christ, the righteous one, God looks on you and answers, pleasing to me and therefore precious. Let me close this way. Let me, I want to challenge you just to fix your mind on these things. Hear me, it does not matter if your name is ever graven on a building. It doesn't matter. And it does not matter that one day your name will be graven on a headstone. You do not have to live in fear of that. Because the only thing that matters is that your name is graven upon the palms of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if your name is written down in the history books. It doesn't ultimately matter if anyone remembers the name Aaron Hornsby. Because the only thing that matters is that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That's what matters. And if we will begin to give ourselves and our minds to the things of God and what really matters, all those other things will begin to fade away. They'll fall into place. So church, how do we keep believing? How do we keep living in the hardest, darkest days of our life? How do you have joy and peace when everything around you screams brokenness and pain? Paul's saying you do it by fixing your mind, feeding your mind with that which is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, praiseworthy, worthy of God. Let me give you one more quote. I'll give you another book recommendation if you're looking for things to read in your spare time. The book is called Afraid of All the Things. Uh, the, the girl's first name is Scarlet. I will butcher her last name. I'll spell it for you. H-I-L-T-I-B-I-D-A-L. Hildebadal, Hildebadal. Her first name is Scarlet. Uh, a lady at our previous church actually knew her. Uh, she recommended uh, this book to me. Scarlett lived most of her life in fear, afraid, she says, of almost everything. So if that's you, if you find yourself to be an anxious person, afraid of things, always thinking of the worst possible scenario, I encourage you to, to read this book. But she writes this. She says, we remember that every breath we're given is another moment of opportunity, opportunity to enjoy the love of Christ. It is another chance to share the love of Christ with a world that's passing away. A world that is lost with even more reason to be scared than you are. To the lost, death stings. To those without Christ, death is the end. But us, 
We have him. We have life. And we have hope. Church, think about these things. Dwell on these things. And know the God of peace will be with you. Will you close your eyes and bow your head? I just want to, as we've done the last several weeks, just give you a moment to respond before we transition into our Q&A time with Pastor BJ and myself. But I just want to give you just a moment right there where you are, just to say, Spirit of God, speak to me. Spirit of God, shine your holy light into the darkest recesses of my heart. Spirit of God, show us our sinful ways. Show us that which is causing us to be anxious. Show us, Spirit of God, that which is causing us to keep our minds fixed on You. Oh God, may we think deeply upon these things. Because our eternity is at stake. Father, the only hope we have when we stand before you, and each of us will, our only hope is the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That is it. It is his blood covering us. It is his righteousness given to us. It is nothing that I can do. So, Father, when I stand before you, I know I will stand because of Jesus. But, Lord, I also want to stand. Having known I gave my life to the gospel, that I gave my life to praying and giving and going to the ends of the earth, to my neighbors, to wherever God you're calling me to go, telling them about Jesus, that I gave my life not to the things of the flesh or the things of the world, but the things of God, the things of the Spirit. Lord, you're giving us more time. Lord, you're causing us to kind of hit the pause button here to maybe reevaluate our lives, to reevaluate our families, to reevaluate our priorities. Thank you for that, Father. May we come out of this different. May we come out of this looking more like Jesus than when we came into it. Lord, if anybody doesn't know you right now, God, may they fall to their knees and say, Lord Jesus, save me. Whether they're 10 or 90, may they say, Jesus, save me. I'm heading in the wrong direction, but I'm crying out to you. Deliver me from hell. Save me from my sin. You are the Messiah. You are the Christ. You are the Son of God. You are my Lord and my Savior. Call me by my name and change me. Jesus, if we cry out to you, you will do this. We love you. We praise you. Help us to think upon these things. And then may we be transformed as a result of it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for that, Pastor Aaron. And I know last week we talked about anxiety and the things that can cause anxiety and then how we are to fill our minds with these good things and these praiseworthy and true and all the, the list that you just shared there. And that one of the applications of that is that it helps us overcome uh, not just anxiety, but overcome so many other sin or uh, troubles in our in our life. 
Uh, I do want to say that uh, I appreciate a, a pastor from Kentucky who likes bluegrass. I, I heard you mention in your, <laughs> your music, that was one of the first ones you that go. you mentioned, so that's fantastic. I do like bluegrass. Um, yeah, I had written down Romans 12, 1 and 2, and, um, as, as well as I thought through the passage this week. And then, as it happens, yesterday I was listening to a, listening to a podcast when I was out working in the yard, and... Uh, it was just a, a little devotional thought. It was about 15 or 20 minutes. But the title of that podcast was, um, Is It Okay for Christians to Watch The Bachelor? And so that's just, that, he, he used that as an example, but it, it fit right in line with what you were sharing today. Uh, there are some things that we can, that we can take in, and that's, yeah. that's okay, but there are some things that, very clearly draw us away from biblical Absolutely. teaching and draw us away from Christ and point us toward the world. And as Christians, we need to be able to decipher that and, and make wise decisions on that. Um, we had, had somebody send in a message earlier. Uh, so I've already gotten several, several messages. Let me try to read through these quickly. Uh, somebody says, uh, thank you for the words to the songs today. So appreciate that, Brian. Um, Let's see. Wonderful service. God bless you all. Uh, my favorite quote from Corey Ten Boom Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, it empties today of its strength. There you go. Uh, so that's, uh, that, that's a good word to share. Yes. And absolutely. then uh, a bit of praise here. So, Miss Carol Baker uh, sent in a message. Many of, many of our folks know Miss Carol. Uh, she, uh, she says that uh, she can't wait until the doors are open, so she wants to go ahead and make this announcement today uh, that she wants to rededicate her life to Christ. And that came in in the middle of your sermon. Praise so the I Lord. want to let you know that. Praise we are Lord. excited. We had, and I told her that one of us would reach out to, to her this week, but continue to pray for her. And I, I wanted, and I asked her to make that public, and she said, please share. So our Praise church will be praying for her. Uh, as well, because any time that we make that commitment toward Christ, all of a sudden it's like Satan just ramps up his target right. and, and, just, right. and starts hurling those Amen. flaming arrows at Amen. us. So, but praise God for that. Yes. And uh, we'll, we'll continue to pray for you in that. So we had someone that, that sent this in, uh, and I'm, I'm going to try to word it in a way that, that makes sense, but during this time, we can fill our minds, and you know, we can fill our minds with those things that aren't necessarily... Uh, Christ exalting, just some of those like those amusement type things. Of course, for me, it would be sports most of the time, but there's not anything about the NFL draft and like, ah, well. Um, so we can fill our mind with, with different things. We can sometimes even think those things won't affect me. I can fill my mind with, with garbage, but I can control it. And mm. I used to think that way. When I was in high school, uh, I started using words that I didn't need to use. I was around some of the guys I was hanging out yep. with, and I always thought, it's okay because I can control it. I can filter it when I get home. I don't have to do, you know, because yeah. if I ever said that in my house, it would not go well for me. Yeah. And so, um, and, and I did for a while until one day I didn't, and I said something in front of my parents that uh, I didn't need to say. And it did not go well for me. Um, and so we can think we are. We, we can think that we're wiser than Solomon. I've heard it said like this. We can think we're 
more righteous than David and wiser than Solomon and stronger than Samson. Yeah. But you're fooling yourself. Yeah. And uh, these were great men of God, and, and they all had some terrible um, calamity that hit them because of sin. Yeah. Uh, and then the thing, trash in, trash out, I used to think, like I said, that I could control it. What It really hit me one time. When I was, when I was in Mexico, and I had been there for several weeks, and I remember waking up one morning and thinking back on a dream that I had had the, the, just, just a few hours ago, you know, during the night. And it hit me. My dream was in Spanish. I had dreamt in Spanish. And, and at first I thought, I guess, I guess you know, being inundated with, with learning Spanish so much yeah. that it was finally starting to click. But then the other thing that came back, it, it, the Lord used that as, as a moment to say, uh-huh. Remember, what goes in, that's what comes out. Yep. And you're not even thinking about it. It's mm. just, that's what happens. And so when we, whatever we fill our lives with, that's what, it, that's what's overflows. And so yeah. I have several more notes, but some that's people are, are sending in messages. That's um, good. You know, it doesn't, if we realize it at that moment, how it's impacting us, I think we would, we handle it different. But it meant it's ongoing. It just builds and builds and builds. So, I mean, just think about it physically. When I was younger, I remember my dad telling me this, son, you can eat whatever you want now, but eventually it's going to catch up to you. As you get older, the gut starts getting a little bit bigger. You start picking up the pounds. It, 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 it's an ongoing process. It is the same with what you bring into your mind. You may think, oh, that show doesn't impact me. It does, and you just don't realize it. But over time, eventually it does start to come out, and then you realize, oh, man. That's right. There. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so we... Uh encouraging perfect message today thank you and everyone for the worship what was the name of scarlet's book we don't have her last name you, you know, uh, you afraid it. of all these things afraid of all these things it's very easy easy read i think life she speaks with lifeway sometimes um and it's just gospel it's gospel centered it's grounded in, in the gospel so it's really good uh, thanks for the message that definitely spoke to me. God bless. Um, so, yeah, here's, here's a word. So, uh, verse, oh, I had flipped over to Hebrews. Okay. Well, uh, but the, the verse that says, think about these things, the, the New American Standard says, let your mind dwell on these mm. things. And, and as I read that, I just thought of the word marinate. Yeah. <laughs> so... And so I like, I like good, juicy steak, and, and, and I've got my favorite marinade that I like to put on uh, a steak if I'm going to grill it at home. And so I could take it and douse that marinade on the steak and then just walk over to the sink and rinse it off. And that doesn't do any good. But when I allow that mm. to penetrate and to soak in the meat, then after I grill it and I, and I taste it, it's yeah. very evident. And I think about God's Word and allowing God's Word to marinate in my life. And then when I encounter people and, and when I encounter situations in the world, it's very evident. Yeah. Uh, just like it was said mm -hmm. in, in Acts of, of Jesus' disciples, it was very clear they had been with the Lord. Yeah. Now that, that's what I want from my life and for, for your life is that it's very clear. This person knows, yeah. knows the Lord. Uh, so... Um, Well, let, let me share this. Uh, this. This came in from Ethan. He says, 
and I haven't read it in its entirety, so I'm going to try to get through it. It says, uh, it has been said many times on social media, but on behalf of the Power family and the Roberts family and the Rothwell family, we want to thank Northside for all the love and prayers and support of messages and cards over the past few weeks. Yes. Miss Jewel is with her Lord in his mansion, and she will continue to worship him in heaven. We love our church family very much and appreciate Amen. the continued love, even through these tough times. We can't wait to gather with everyone again. So, Amen. yeah, this is a difficult season to know how to minister. I know from, yeah. from we, we talked about that. And uh, so thank you for sending that and just an encouragement. Um, I've been encouraged. I've having gotten messages through text or email, yes. uh, cards in the, in the mail. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that, that's just a, a blessing of this time. Don't waste this time. Yes. Um, Very good. So. I've shared some of this stuff with, with students before. Uh, the word amusement. You know, we can fill our minds with things that amuse us. And I don't know that this would ever hold up in your English class, but, but hang with me for just a minute. The word to, to amuse is to think. And then the prefix A, when you put that in front of something, it's, it's the opposite. And so amusement is literally like not thinking. And so we just fill our minds with just mush and uh it, it doesn't doesn't help us so yeah. we should be intentional about filling our minds with the things of god here's here's maybe an illustration when i was a kid i used to play with lincoln logs you had lincoln? Uh, yeah lincoln logs. well of course you from kentucky i guess that was like <laughs> the, the the state toy of kids right but so we had lincoln logs and uh, i think mean, a log cabin and anyway and it i learned pretty quickly when it was time to clean up, how I would put the Lincoln Logs into the tub, like it was a, a round cylinder. And if I started with those little pieces and put those in there first, then the longer logs wouldn't fit. I couldn't put the lid on. But if I put the larger logs in first and, and the roof pieces, everything would fit and I could get it all in there. And if I think about my life like that, I could begin filling it with all of the little meaning, meaningless things mm. And I began to push out the, the big things. And here, th this list is the big, these, these are the big things. Yeah. And I can push those out and I don't have time for the big things. But if I fill my life with the big things first, then it makes room for the little things. But even if I get all the big things in there, and then I start to put the little things in, and I miss out on some of those little things, it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I miss some of the little things because I've got the big things in my life. Uh, just as an illustration that I, that I thought That's of as, as you were preaching through that. That's good. Um, so yeah, I got I'm, some more text messages coming in. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it, I struggle, and, and this is just me being honest, uh, especially with phones today. We're, we're on the phone so much that I find myself when I wake up, my instinct is to immediately reach for that phone. For me, maybe to check Twitter to see did anything happen in the sports world overnight. Uh, or maybe to go to Facebook to see if there's something going on. It's immediately my mind is almost going to those worldly temporal things when instead our thought should first be to praise God or to thank God or maybe to go to his word before we get to those other things. And I think that kind of goes along with what you're saying. Put the, put the important things in first. Right. And then after that, there's other things that we can enjoy. But don't That's let right. those things become primary. That's right. And, and I think that this, this time we have that's so unusual, so bizarre, it's been said before, you know, what, whatever word we use to describe mm -hmm. this, 
Uh, one of the things is, for, for many of us, not for everybody, but for many of us, you know what, our calendar has been cleared of yep. a lot of things that yeah. used to take up our time. I, I just believe that one day we'll stand before the Lord and be held accountable for, he's like, <laughs> I sent something and, and your calendar got clear. That was one of your excuses is you don't have the time. Well, now so many of us, we have the time have to the fill time. it with, with good, um, yeah. not just good things, but great things. Yeah. Um, so as, as, as we got through, I also just looked at, at a couple of things. It says in one, one verse that we read, to think about these things and the other, to practice these things. Those are the two big verbs that we have in the mm-hmm. passage today. And to practice these things. And, and you've got to do both. Yes. You've got to do both. Because whoever said it's the thought that counts, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think they never were married or never tried to celebrate a birthday. I mean, so Highland and Ruthie, you're getting ready to get married. Highland, here's some advice. It's not just the thought that counts. You can't show up on the anniversary you're like, well, I thought about, thought about buying you. you something for I thought about getting a card of I it mean, now that does not work nope. uh, that does not work <laughs> it's it's our, our actions yeah, communicate and so uh, last story that I want to share here uh, that I've written down I may think of another one but I think of Miss Lois Thornton now nobody here in Nuna knows Miss Lois except for for Lindsay uh, Miss Lois Thornton was uh, a church member she I think she was 92 at, at the time I, I may be wrong on that, but uh, she, she was a church member at, at my previous church, and she had uh, gone into the hospital. She had had something going on. I, I don't think it was a stroke, but it had, it had impaired her vision, and she'd had some health problems, and she went into the hospital. And uh, so we checked on her. She, she was okay, nothing life-threatening or anything. But she contacted the church, and just after about three or four days, and she said, can you send me some more of those some, some more sermons, just however many sermons you've got all the way back, just, I just want to listen to them. She said, because I can't read my Bible right now. Mm. And then she said this, and this is what stuck with me. She said, and I've already gone through all of the scripture I have memorized. And this, mm. is, this, <laughs> this is what is impressive to me. I, I, I didn't get the picture that she had one verse of scripture and she had said it to herself over the course of three days. I got the picture that... Mm. It had taken her three days to go through all the scriptures she had memorized. And that she wow. had kept the word in her heart and in her mind. Wow. And uh, it's just been so impressive for me that yeah, that's how we ought to fill our mind. Hmm. Um, so I got a couple of other things here I want to share. And then I have a, a practical application I want to end with. Um, so... Uh, this is thank you. God is glorified in all that everyone involved has and is doing here at the church. Love the Q and A time. Can we keep it going, please? And rock on, Lincoln Logs. <laughs> uh, nice haircut, BJ. Lindsay did a great job. <laughs> yeah. Well, was that did. Lindsay that sent that? That was not Lindsay <laughs> that sent that. <laughs> so, um, so I was just thinking. How do we fill our minds? And, you know, we wanted practical applications. And so a daily devotion, a daily time yeah. with, with the Lord is so key. Uh, I don't think it should be random. I, like, I don't think we should just every morning just plop open yeah. God's Word and, and read it. I, I heard a joke one time. A guy said, so you, you do that? And it says, 
Judas went out and hung himself. And it's, oh, that's not good. And, you, and it says, Jesus says, go ye and do likewise. Oh, that's not. So you, we don't just flop it open and just read. That's, that's, not, that's not good. Correct. There's a systematic approach. One systematic approach just might be as simple as, I'm going to take a book of the Bible and read through it. And for, for some, that, that, that you, you can read through it pretty quickly. Uh, sometimes for me, Man, I will read something, and, and I'll stay in one chapter for a week. I just yeah. read it, and the next morning I read it again, read yeah. it, because I really want to dwell on it. But what I thought we could do, and, and just at least, at least I can put this together, put together some devotions or some reading plans or something, because if you don't already have something, I want to resource you so that you don't have that excuse anymore. You, yeah. you will know where to go, where to turn. If you need something for your teenager, for your, for your child, I've got, some, I've got some thoughts about where, where you can go to, to check out that kind of stuff. We have open windows here. I know several mm. of you get those. But um, there are so many resources available. Uh, and so just being able to navigate know which ones. Maybe we can put that on our yeah. website or something along those lines. Be, but we want good. you to, to be in God's Word every day. So. Yeah. yeah, I would... Again, as you, if, you're, if you're not faithfully in the Word of God, begin to do that. And you can start small. And sometimes we get frustrated because we begin that journey and we think, well, I don't really know if I'm learning a lot. But I can tell you from, from personal experience, and I think I've shared this before, my, my closest friend in, in Florida, Donnie, uh, he and I began to pray together once a week early in the morning. It just started out the two of us. And he began to read through the Bible. And I think he's done it now five or six times. And his knowledge of the Word of God has grown exponentially just by reading it every single day. Uh, again, just as we think the negative thoughts, we're like, well, it's not impacting me. Sometimes we don't see how the Word of God is really changing us on a daily basis, but it is. It's, it's taking root, and you're growing, and over time you'll be like, man, I really am learning and growing in my faith. But you got to stick with it. That's right. The spiritual disciplines are, yes. are important. Um, so... Well, man, thank you for that today, Pastor Aaron, and I, and I pray that we can um, fill our minds with the, with the things mm -hmm. of God, renew our mind every day. Um, I'm not going to get into how this works, but our, our brain actually forms uh, bonds as we, as we experience, have new experiences, and, and, and they're, they're hard to break, and so, um, you know, Filling our mind with these things mm -hmm. um, can, can, can be uh, just a fascinating way to uh, begin yeah. to, to make us more Christ-like. So uh, I just have a couple of announcements at the end if, you, if we're kind of yeah, done with this time. Yeah, I think okay. we're good. Um, first of all, from, from David Masden, it says that the Sunday night group meeting will be at 5 today. I think they have been meeting at 6. Yes, that right. So they'll be at 5 today. Bring your camp chair for tailgate Bible study. So... I want you to be aware of that. And then also, I have some information. I, I mentioned Highland and Ruthie uh, a little bit ago. Just uh, a bit of information because their wedding is, is, is forthcoming. Also, we, you know, Glenn got married uh, over yeah. the weekend, and so awesome. Bill is here, here with us. Um, so, uh, you know, congratulations. Yes, congratulations. Uh, to, the, to all of you, and uh, we're, we're praying, praying for them as well as they begin a new life together. Um, but for Highland and Ruthie, uh, here's, here, I just want to read the email. Um, we have decided to limit the ceremony and reception to the bridal party, parents, 
and depending on guidelines from the state, a small number of close family. We hope to have a very small reception afterward, basically some cake and punch. But that is all that is planned for the day. We will be asking most of the people we've invited, and especially our Northside family, to stay home and watch the ceremony via live stream. At some point later, we hope to have the big reception we had originally planned with both family and Northside invited to attend. And so uh, I, I can tell you that Highland and Ruthie have taken this in, in great stride, just, mm. just having been in conversation with them, that um, yeah. as part of premarital counseling, oftentimes I say, you know, we, a lot of times people will prepare hours upon hours for the wedding day, but they haven't prepared for their for their wedding, for the you know, wedding, they yeah. prepare for the ceremony, but, but not the marriage, and so I can tell you that they've prepared for both, they've been looking forward to that, so um, I got another message in here, just here, um, thanks to the praise team, you're awesome, and then here's Amen. another one, it says, there's a Corey Ten Boom reenactment of Ken Ham's answer in Genesis Facebook page from earlier this week, good stuff, hmm. um, so you might want to want to check that out as well. Very Anything good. else, Pastor? Yeah, just one. Just want to talk to you for just a minute. I'll try to keep it brief. Uh, you all are probably well aware uh, that our governor, Governor Kemp, uh, last week made the decision to, to kind of begin to open up Georgia a little bit. Um, there are those who are in favor of that. You have probably seen in the media there are those who are very opposed to that. And so because of that... Um, you know, it's caused Pastor BJ and I to have to kind of begin to think about where do we go from here. First of all, there's a misconception if, if you think that Governor Kemp closed churches. He has never done that. Uh, we just, most churches have just decided it was probably the wise thing not to meet temporarily. So we have always been allowed to meet. We just chose not to. So you're probably thinking, where do we go from here? So just a, a few things that I need you to, to know right now, and then we'll give you more details as we go forward. Number one is this is not as simple as opening up the doors and we just come back to worship. It's, it's not like that. There are over 20 requirements that any business that opens their doors and has people come in, they have to follow. So we have to make sure we are following those. The main one is six feet separation. So please understand, whenever we can gather to worship, it's not going to be like it was in March. It's going to be different, and it's going to be different for a while. So just go ahead and set your minds on that reality, and, and, and you'll be better when you come back. The second thing is, uh, we are at least three weeks away from our being able to gather to worship. At least three weeks, and all of this is subject to change. So if you're thinking, hey, we can gather next Sunday, that, that's not the case. We're, we're at least three weeks away at the earliest. And the third thing is uh, continue just to pray for us. So next Sunday, uh, our deacons, we were scheduled to have a meeting anyways. It's the first Sunday, or first Sunday of the month. And so the deacons and Pastor BJ and I, we're going to meet. And we're going to try to figure out how can we implement this plan that Pastor BJ and I have come up with this past week. Our, our deacons as servants are going to be on the front line of making sure that when we do open back up, we are following the recommendations and the guidelines uh, that our governor has set in place for churches as they gather. Um, look, I know this has been hard. I know this has been. 
but it's not going to last forever. Um, and wherever you fall on whether we should or should not have been meeting, you know, we're doing what we think is the wisest approach for us to keep you healthy, uh, to honor the Lord Jesus Christ, and we don't want to bring any uh, disrepute upon His name. We don't want to bring any, any shame upon His name. We, want, we don't want people to think that we don't care about them. And so just continue to pray for us. We promise we will give you more details as we go forward. But continue to gather in your living rooms. Invite people. We'll be live streaming again next Sunday at 1030. Um, and I'm just so thankful that we have the avenue that we can do this. Um, I don't know what this would look like if we were 10 years ago or 30 years ago. And so uh, just be encouraged. Think about these things. Put your mind upon Christ and His Word. Uh, we love you. Uh, we're praying for you. And we do miss you. And uh, we, will, we will get together again soon. Let's pray. Hey, hold on. You just, got, yeah. Well, just, just one quick thing. Uh, yes. So even after we kind of go back to, to, to meeting, we realize that there are many people who may yes. still say, I'm just not sure about that. Look, that is completely absolutely. We, we that that's, that's that's completely within your choice to do that, and we will continue to stream live. You know, uh, and 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 probably many of you do need to stay home, especially if you have uh, compromised immune systems or you you fall into the category that you're more susceptible. Absolutely. Even after we meet, but we will continue to live stream. So we yes. want you to do what's good for you, but uh, but I yeah, just wanted to add that. Yes, yeah, no, that too, so. That, that's but. great. The shelter in place is in effect through the end of April, but Governor Kemp has recommended any seniors or those with underlying conditions, you're to shelter in place through the middle of May. So please, BJ said it, I will emphasize it over and over again. Whenever we open, you come back when you feel comfortable. Right. And when you're here, we will do everything we possibly can to keep you safe, which means as much as I want to hug you, I will not. As much as I want to shake your hand, I will not, because I love you that much, and I want you to be able to gather when you are comfortable, and I want you to feel comfortable when you are here. So you, you do it as the Spirit leads you, and we will completely support you in that. Thank you uh, for, for pointing that out. Let's pray. God, we love you. And Lord, you've reminded us, I pray so much over these last six weeks, that God, you are sovereign and you are in control. And Lord, I believe that you are doing a great work in us, through us. And Lord, I pray that it will result in a, a great awakening. I pray it will result in a revival among your people and a great awakening, Lord, in our country. Father, I pray that our families are being strengthened and renewed as we are spending more time together. Lord, I pray that, that Lord, we don't feel as, as, as frantic and as stressed because we're not running in a thousand different directions. Lord, I pray that, that Lord, whenever things begin to open back up, Lord, that we won't go back to the way that they were. Lord, that our families will continue to be a priority, that we will make spending time with them uh, of, of, of vital importance that our job, God, would never be greater than our family. And maybe it was. Uh, Lord, maybe there were other things that we had put in, in, in more control. And, and Lord, it become kind of the Lord, the God of our life, Lord, besides you. And I pray, God, that you're just showing us those things. Lord, help us to think upon these things. But I was, I was convicted this week as I read this statement that what if my thoughts at this very moment were put on a screen for my wife, for my sons, for my church members to see. Hmm. 
That what if everything right now in my mind was exposed so that everyone could see it? And then God, it hid me. That you are, according to Genesis, the Lord who sees. God, you see every thought that I'm thinking now, that I thought yesterday, that I will think tomorrow. Lord, you know what is running through my mind. You see it all. And yet, Lord, that sometimes doesn't convict us as much as, what if my wife knew or what if my kids knew? No, God, you do know. And you love us in spite of that. You have forgiven us through the blood of Jesus Christ. God, we, we are right with you through Jesus. You have justified us and sanctified us, and you are in the process, God, of, of making us more like you, and one day you will glorify us, and that is our hope, and we want to fix our minds upon those things. But Lord, we do pray that you will change our minds. Lord, continue to give Pastor BJ and I wisdom. Give our deacons wisdom. Lord, give, give our people wisdom. Lord, as they begin to try to navigate, what does our life look like going forward? What, what decisions do we begin to make as a family? Uh, Lord, give us wisdom, we pray. We know that if we ask, you will give it. You will give it generously. So, Lord, give it, we pray. Lord, bless those who have tuned in this week. Uh, Lord, bless us. Not so much with the physical blessings, but with the spiritual blessings. Oh, Lord, give us a deeper understanding of your word, we pray. Bless us this week, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.